Welcome to HR Tech Weekly, One Step Closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. Good morning, Stacey. Where are you today? Where does the road take you? Good morning, John. I am in Ohio this week. I'm visiting family where I grew up in a little town called Mansfield, Ohio. Um, So I'm looking out of my childhood bedroom window at a field of cows and corn today. So it's a a very crisp, I think, 27 degrees outside. (laughs) Ah, the holidays, the time when you get to be 16 again. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Well, well, so, so the year is wrapping up. What did you learn this year? Oh, it's been a busy year. Uh, (laughs) I think I learned that uh, the term artificial intelligence could be used in a lot of good and not so good ways this year, right? It's been a busy, busy year for the word, for that word. Um, I learned that, um, you know, uh, politics has a big impact on what's going on in the HR tech space, probably more than we probably realize. Um, and that uh, it's really hard to keep up with all the news. There's a lot of stuff going on. So those are probably my three big things this year. But we're going to do, a, a, I think, a review of all the big HR tech stuff um, that we thought was had major impact on the year next radio show, right? The next Thursday show? Next Thursday, which would make it the 28th, we are going to... Ring out the new year like it was a washcloth. That's right. <laughs> and how about you? Are you home this week? And and do you feel like you're, you're get, able to get a sense of what the year has, has brought for you this year? Oh, I'm I'm home, and the year the year has been just fantastic for me. The the um, the array and quality of things that I've been able to spend my time doing has has markedly improved and it's an exciting time. We'll talk a lot about that next week. Um, uh, I, I am delighted to be looking at the sort of the intersection of AI and new privacy regulations coming out of Europe and uh, am surprised at how exciting I find it. Who thought regulations would be exciting, right? <laughs> I, I know I'm ashamed, um, but <laughs> But it creates the environment in which in which much of our audience works, and so so it's very interesting to to watch it evolve and see what's happening. What's in the mailbag today? Well, we have a, a lot of interesting topics. I, I I was surprised to see how busy things were as we're wrapping up the year. Um, we have some some updated information from uh, Indeed, which is a company we all sort of follow on some plans they have for changing their approach to. Um, uh, financing their business next year. Um, we have um, investments in a couple of different workforce management scheduling, if you want to call it, um, applications uh, going on this year. One is with a company called Quinix um, out of the European market. Um, there's also some interesting stuff happening in the staffing space with scheduling technology with um, uh, a company called PeopleNet being purchased by Bullhorn. Um, and then we've got... Um, as we're sort of wrapping up the year and talking about taxes a lot this year, right? we'll get too much into the into the to the tax changes that uh, just went um, through Congress and the House here in the United States. But um, for those who are trying to figure out how to manage all the changes that are going to be coming down the pike, Paychex has introduced a new accountant HQ feature in their technology that allows a connection to um, 
small business accounting offices. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, we also um, saw there's been, there was multiple sort of, I guess, stories going on in the last couple of weeks that I think are worth mentioning. If you haven't heard the term robotic process automation or RPA yet, you, you should probably go and take a, a good look at that. But my favorite was the story of Rosie, the West Monroe um, Partners uh, uh, organization that that basically created a bot to do onboarding. And there was a lot of other examples of this going on in the last couple of weeks, but this one particularly I think was kind of fun. So um, if we get time to talk about that. And there was some, I think, interesting stuff going on in the news this week um, in the learning space around eye tracking technology being used um, to help organizations do a better job with training. Uh, we sort of tend to think a lot of that technology is just sort of um, phone access or security access, those type of things, but they're starting to use it in different ways, um, and that's worth some time. And we obviously should probably find a little bit of time today to talk about um, Microsoft's um, basically eliminating their arbitration in the sexual harassment cases. I know it's not particularly focused on HR technology, but it has a lot to do with sort of how HR functions think a little bit about um, the process they go through from an from a, both a um, tracking and a management of any kind of harassment, um, uh, any kind of harassment discussions that are happening within their organizations, um, whether or not it's going to go to arbitration or whether or not it's going to go to full sort of possibilities of, of, of going to court, defines different ways in which organizations might track some of the audit um, things that they have to track from a regulations perspective. So. A uh, lot of stuff going on uh, in the space right now. It's definitely, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say the news cycle is slowing down. That's one way to look at it, John. <laughs> Great. So let's dig in. Um, There's sort of the 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 news cycle isn't slowing down, but 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 a number of these things are sort of little, and we should dispense with them quickly because the, yeah. the things like robotics and eye tracking and um, the shift from arbitration to public courtroom proceedings is is interesting. So, yeah. so the first one is Indeed is changing its business model, um, and they are starting to bill for um, access to contact information for the candidates that you find in their database. Which yeah, means the, the, that Indeed is huge, model, right? right? Yeah, it's yeah. a subscription I mean, model, but they're charging, they're charging for the candidates. And they're the second biggest job board. I mean, if you call them a job board, right, in the market right now, behind and Monster at this point, right? Is that true, or am I? Oh, am no, no they they are so much bigger than Monster. It isn't funny. Monster, okay. Monster was Monster was the big player some years back, but but indeed, indeed, really turned the market on its head. It's 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 quite an amazing story. The the. The Indeed began much as Google Jobs is beginning, offering people free services, and slowly they began to charge. And because of the way they built their business, they have almost a half billion um, annual visitors to their site. And, and you are correct. And it's owned I that. by I Monsters only at twenty nine million, right? <laughs> it's owned by. Um, um, recruit Holdings in Japan, which is, I still don't understand how Recruit Holdings works because it's partly um, a dominant political party and partly a recruiting company. Real interesting um, 
because because it's a different world in Japan than it is in our world. A real real um, interesting, different way of doing business. Um, and and what what it notes in the article, um, which is from um, the AIM Group, is that. Uh, indeed is increasingly becoming a full service recruitment operation and that's that's the business of the parent company and they have big ambitions for expansion in the united states so so this is this is a beginning of a i think a fairly radical shift in indeed's business model and it's time because the the uh Meaning and handling of personal information, which is what they're selling here, is changing. And it may be that you can't sell um, a European person's information, although I don't, I don't understand whether or not a Japanese firm can sell a European person's information. Well, I was just going to say, that's going to be, I think, the big conversation right now, right, which is the what's the value of personal data? Um, and I think we're, we're all going to, if there's going to be a question that's, that's going to come up um, across, I think, uh, 2018 and then going to make us all scratch our head a little bit, it's going to be what, how much uh, do we value? How much are willing, we willing to pay? And how much are we as individuals willing to sort of charge for our own personal data in one way or another, whether that's through access or actual uh, financial outcomes or uh, in some way um, being able to do things we wouldn't normally have been able to do, right? So uh, that right. will be the question probably of 2018. So, That's right. Um, that is. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we're, we're also going to see, I think, my other big prediction for 2018 will be that workforce management scheduling, tracking how employees get access to their um, basically their work schedule environment, whether that's calendaring, scheduling, project management, whatever that might look like, right, will become a big conversation. Um, we've been somewhat avoiding this topic the last couple of years because we've had to really fix um, our core HR um, profile management to really make solid workforce management work. But now that we've got the technology in place and we've got the idea of what an employee is and and what those settings are around an employee, and what's the difference between sort of a part-time, full-time employees, and all those things, um, clearly defined in much of the core HR environment, I think the next big shift we're going to see is in this workforce management space. You know, and an example of that is that we're seeing a lot of the what we would consider um, smaller or sort of industry-specific um, workforce management scheduling tools being picked up or purchased or invested in. Uh, one of them is uh, Quinix. I, I had seen Quinix just briefly when I was in Europe, um, they do a lot more work in the Nordic space from a scheduling perspective. They were just had an investment of $12 million from Battery Ventures in their um, application product. Um, they do, you know, employee scheduling, communication, task management, as well as payroll integration, which is a big issue over in Europe. Um, but it'll be interesting, I think, to see how much investment we see going forward in this as well. Um, there was another investment similarly um, I don't know if you called investment or, or a sale, I guess, the, the Gore Group, which had purchased PeopleNet or acquired PeopleNet, which PeopleNet is a scheduling software, uh, has been the scheduling software more in the staffing industry, as I understand. This is not a product that I've had an opportunity to see, but they basically have picked them up, invested in them, uh, restructured them a little bit, and then it looks like they've um, sold them back to Bullhorn, which is specifically sort of a um, CRM, 
uh, industry specific for the staffing agency um, uh, technology. And it looks like they're going to be looking at sort of the full gamut of when you hire someone through a staffing agency, the scheduling as well as the hiring process um, that happens in that uh, through Bullhorn possibly with this acquisition. So again, the scheduling conversation is going to be big, I think. There's, scheduling is a large part of what people do in HR. It's 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 going to be a, a fascinating thing. I imagine that the tool that Bullhorn bought helps schedule interviews, uh, which is a which is a challenge that's that's different and um, 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 equally complex um, compared to shift scheduling, uh, which which sounds like the other one. So so it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how this. Evolves. What's up? What else is up? So, paychecks. Um, yeah. If if you pay attention to what's happened in the SMB market, um, paychecks has been investing pretty aggressively in their in their products, um, changing their interfaces, changing their user experiences. Um, but they've also been creating a lot of new partnerships, uh, a lot of new relationships with with um, uh, various types of organizations um, that are beneficial to the SMB market. Um, one of them um, is uh, trying to create sort of an interface for the accounting space. So um, uh, you would probably know better than I do, John, you sort of manage your own uh, small business yourself. Uh, the SMB space, most of them uh, don't have their own finance people, and, and oftentimes their payroll is very much an accountant um, model, um, and most of them have accountants who handle all of their taxes and situations. And so what Paychex has done with this accountant HQ has created an interface, an administrative uh, set of applications that the accountants, with obviously uh, approval from their clients, can go in and manage multiple client um, environments where they can access the HR information they need to do their tax information. That's 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 going to be very very handy. You know, the 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 paperwork component of the accountant's job gets more and more complex every day. And uh, the last thing that, that accountants really want to do is interact with people. So this is a, a solution that solves some of that problem. I wonder, and we should, we should reach out to Paychex and see, I wonder if this approach includes handling contractor pay. You know, in, in my business, there's lots and lots of contractors. And, uh, and, and getting their paperwork and tax filings taken care of, from from my perspective, it's every bit as important as having, maybe even more important, as having uh, the employee stuff taken care of. In fact, yeah. in fact, now that I say that out loud, the employee stuff is a trivial part of my um, regulatory compliance problem. I have tons and tons and tons of people who act as subcontractors and no employees <laughs> so 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 i'm interested in a tool that helps me with the, the other thing well that would be an interesting question for paychecks i mean i think the bigger conversation here and i just had this with one of the other small payroll solution vendors um i got a i got a briefing um uh with the um uh group over at uh Paycor and the the relationship with 
their various partners has become a very big conversation for many of them. And I think going beyond just creating sort of integration partnerships, but actually creating interfaces for some of these partnerships or marketplaces where you have done some really custom and unique things from an industry perspective, that seems to be the direction many of these um, SMB players are definitely talking about um, to compete with the, the, the larger players who are going downstream um, and offering solutions um, for the SMB market as well. Cool. And now somebody's got a robot. Yeah. So we've got robots onboarding. <laughs> so this um, this is uh, West Monroe Partners. Um, it's a it's a, a, a firm that's doing hiring new staffers and interns at a, at a pretty rapidly rate, twenty to thirty percent um, over the last couple of years. They basically were sort of drowning in new hires, which is not a bad thing to have, right? I mean, you're growing that much. Things are going well. Um, so what they ended up doing was designing a, a bot. You know, we've been talking about bots for some time called Rosie, who automated um, all of the um, – basically filling out all the HR forms with a, some basic information that's loaded into a PDF um, that might have all of their contact information or a Word document that might have all their contact information. So basically, they pointed Rosie to the correct document, and then Rosie took that information and filled out all the other documents um, that were needed to onboard the person starting as soon as they accepted the job all the way through. Um, this was in uh, partnership. Um, they created it in-house, but it was with a company um, but they're, you know, they mentioned that they're specifically having this robot enter new hires into their ADP payroll and concur systems. Um, so to your point, their contractor system, um, as well as making sure that that information gets put into things like their 401k plan, their benefits and hiring. So they're basically automating that entire sort of manual step that we all take um, with robotic process automation. And they've got a consulting firm that has basically helped them build this to show what they could do with robotic process automation. So. So, 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 so this sounds good, but really what they're saying is, is the HR people fill out a single form that has all of the required information, requests all of the required information, and then the robot uses that to populate the data fields in other systems? Right. So that's, that's sort of the, what I got out of it, yeah. Yeah, well, is, is, does that sound new to you? <laughs> well, it doesn't sound new. I mean, what sounds new is the fact that that it's being done outside of a single system, right? So the idea is that I can get this in any format, and they're using um, searches and coding and tags to pull that information and drop it into all the various systems without me having to basically um, have those systems in an enterprise application. So now the idea of best of breed point solutions is less challenging if this can take place, right? I, I think that's sort of what they're also saying, right? The question is, can you pull data out of them in the same way to do analysis? I, I don't know, that, that wasn't covered in the story. But at least from a manual entry perspective, this saves I would sue an HR person at least a half a day's worth of time, you know, and the amount of times they have to log into all these different applications and enter the information. Uh, if you're a small company, SMB, I should say, a lot of this should be auto integrated if you're large, right? Uh, well, well, I just it, it seems to me that 
anybody who is doing their job in HR would do the first step, right? Which is you need a single place that tells you what all the information is that you need, right? Because you don't want to keep going back to the new employee to get the same old stupid information. So, so everybody has a single sheet that's all the information you need to fire up all the systems. If you don't have that, you should make that. But everybody's got one of those. So, so what this automates is, is the distance between that sheet and having all of the systems up and running. And, um, well, I guess, I guess there are things to be said positive about the fact that it reduces human error in that process. That's probably uh, good. But it, but it also says that in order to use this tool, the staffer has to proof its work. And so, so they don't trust it. So they don't trust it somehow. It's interesting. We're going to see more stories like this where people wave their arms around in the air and claim, um, you know, this is just like the hype associated with, with artificial intelligence. Um, we're, we're having a machine do what people have already been doing at about the same, at about the same time and rate with about the same accuracy. Um, um, we'll see more stories like this. I'm not impressed. I, I think the time thing is the thing that that we have to pay more attention to. So, because I know, I mean, I don't know when the last time is you had to fill out all of the packets for new hire employee process, but I did it about four years ago. And for at least a company under a few thousand employees, those who haven't yet sort of, uh, it, it hasn't been financially feasible for them to automate a, a, all of this process, right? In a way that. Um, you would do with a very large company with a very large integration efforts, right? Um, you basically spend a good a good day to, to, to half day filling out forms with the same information over and over again um, as a new employee. And that doesn't count what then HR has to take and then entered into systems and environments, right? Uh, many times that's you filling it out in a form and then passing that on in some way. Um, there is some user um, experiences now where you fill it out and they validate it, right? You know, but I I think this will save time, and I think this is the the next step or next evolution. My perspective is this: this is actually the more interesting stuff that's going to happen in HR. Um, but I get your your, your challenge on it. I, I think you know, it, it, in in most of the world, it feels like this should be already being done on a regular basis. But I think it's really not being done on a regular basis. So. Well, we're going to have some interesting conversations in the coming year. I'm excited about that. <laughs> so, so to jump way off into left field. Microsoft is not going to force people who have sexual harassment complaints into their arbitration process. Uh, uh, and that's, that's, that sounds interesting. Um, um, I wonder, what do, you, what do you think about that? So, so I, I was really, I was, it was nice to see this come across my desk, but on the other hand, I also know that um, some of this is is a bit of, of grandstanding and, and trying to make noise and trying to sort of put themselves in a position that, that looks better in a tech industry right now that's being hammered um, with the sexual harassment lawsuits and the sexual harassment cases. Um, but one of the things I think that's, that's really, really important to note is I, I don't think most employees realize how much they sign away when they sign those agreements that they will not take lawsuits within the organization through the regular court systems, but through an arbitration model. And most people don't really have choices in many cases. You know, when you go to sign that 
a new employee form, they basically say, you know, if you want the job, you have to sign the agreement to go through arbitration. Um, and that in and of itself is, is really one of the challenges we have to probably face in our industry and in any industry is, you know, is arbitration really something that um, helps or hinders the processes that people go through uh, when they are finding they're going through harassment uh, and uh, lawsuits or they're going through situations where um, they think things are, are sort of unfairly being done from a labor practices perspective. Now, I'm not a lawyer. We may want to get some of um, our counterparts um, in the law space to come and maybe have a conversation with us on this. But what I will say is I think that um, this is a process that's good to see someone talking about it. But my sense is, is that many of these uh, sexual harassment cases are coming out in the public anyways. So it's a little bit late to the game. I <laughs> So that would be my sense. <laughs> well, well. So, so here are some things that 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 are worth noticing about this. That this is just, Microsoft is working very hard across a variety of of uh, fronts to appear to be a great HR vendor. They're really working hard at that. But this is the kind of BS PR stunt that 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 uh, uh, because. Because there's nothing about Microsoft's um, uh, employment documentation that requires arbitration, right? So, so to say that they're eliminating a requirement isn't true. Um, um, the arbitration clause is not a standard at Microsoft. So that's the first thing. The second thing is when you when you prosecute, when you as an individual make a sexual harassment or sexual bias claim, you don't start by suing people. You start by making a claim internally. And, and, and at some point, the lawyers get involved, maybe early, maybe late, but the lawyers get involved. And these things do not go to court. Right, so the idea that what's going to happen because they don't do arbitration is that people are going to go to court—that's nonsense. That's complete nonsense. Um, and and it would be really smart for for um, um, people who are interested in moving this conversation forward to take a close look at claims like this. That that somehow eliminating an arbitration requirement is going to make things more transparent and more public. That's simply not true. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's great to see Microsoft trying to keep up with the times, but if they want to make things public and transparent, they need to create a public and transparent process that people can watch and, and the public is invited to. Otherwise it's just more of the same. It would be interesting. I'd, I'd love to, you know, this might be a question for um, for some of our legal friends to understand a little bit about how much um, arbitration can be required in these particular cases, right? I know for a lot of new employees, there is an arbitration clause in many of their uh, employment agreements. Um, whether or not that covers this particular level of case, I think would be interesting to understand for most organizations. Um, but I think, you know, the other side of this, which is the, the, the audit process you need to go through from an arbitration perspective, uh, and that's just the, the level of tracking you need, the level amount of sort of um, 
material that needs to be gathered and the way you need to gather it, I think also has some differences in arbitration compared to what you have to go through for a public proceeding. Um, that might also be some of this that has an impact. I don't know enough about it to, to, to have yeah, a big conversation yeah, yeah, here, yeah, but it's yeah. well worth having. Part of the reason that it's hard to get employment law um, um, precedent arranged is most employment law claims are settled well in advance of going to court. There are very, very few employment law cases settled in courtrooms because nobody wants the bad publicity. Nobody wants the bad publicity. And so, so they settle early. They settle early, and this doesn't really address that. Which does, means that most of it won't come to light unless we see what's happening anyways right now, which is that people are speaking out even after they've had settlements and things have been resolved. So uh, that's a, another side of the conversation. Yes, so, it is. It's a very difficult conversation to have. Um, HR right now, I think, is trying to figure out the path through this. And uh, next year, I think, will be an opportunity for many HR functions and organizations, not only to maybe rethink some of their policies, but also to rethink the approach they're taking in HR to how some of these are being, some of these harassment conversations are being handled and uh, that will that will be another topic we'll probably have to address uh, next year as well so it's going to be a fascinating year you know 75% of the people who work in HR are women it is the the place where the glass ceiling is most easily penetrated and and we haven't really heard the roar that will be coming from HR because managing this problem is part of a larger thing. It's part of a larger yeah. thing. So so it's going to be amazing to watch what happens here. So we are at our, our 30 minutes already, John. So it's uh, obviously, even though the year is winding down, the topics are not. A lot of information, a lot of new stuff coming out in the market, uh, both big and small. So I think next week's um, conversation about the wrap-up of the year will be just as exciting, uh, and then we'll head off into 2018. Okay. Ho, 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 hey, Stacy. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> happy holidays to everybody who is celebrating the holidays, right? <laughs> yeah, happy holidays and happy Santa Claus to everybody. Thanks, and thanks for tuning in, and thanks for doing this, Stacy. It's always a wonderful conversation. Thanks, everyone. Have a good have a good couple of days off, hopefully, wherever you're at. And uh, stay warm. I know I'm going to be in 20-degree weather. So we'll talk to you next week, John. <laughs> okay. See you next week. Bye-bye now. 